Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, St. Louis Cardinals fans, and welcome back to another Believe in Cardinals podcast. As always, I am your host, Braxton Wheeler. Today's date is February 3rd, 2023, and this is episode number two of season number one. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite shows, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SiriusXM, Amazon Music, Pandora, and many more. If you enjoy this show, please hit the subscribe button so you can be a part of the first listen club every time a new show is posted about the birds on the bat. You can also follow me on Twitter at Brax, that is B-R-A-X-X-X 26, as I post content daily. And send me a message whenever, you, whenever you'd like if you want to hear something specific on the show. All right, everyone, happy Friday evening. I hope you have had a fantastic week. Like I said, this is episode number two. It is absolutely freezing here in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, you know, it's got me dreaming about being in Jupiter, Florida for spring training, which we are only 13 days away from pitchers and catchers reporting in beautiful Jupiter, Florida. Um, also, the first Cardinals baseball game is, I believe it's 22 days away on February 28th. So that's definitely, you know, exciting. I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually, my girlfriend's family lives in um, Boca Raton, Florida, which if you're not familiar with Florida is about 30 30 minutes from West Palm Beach where the spring training facilities are. So I got my trip planned for that. It's at the back half of spring training and uh, I go there every year. It's a good chance to go visit her family. And also it's a, it's a good chance to go see the St. Louis Cardinals and what better way than to cover the Cardinals actually on the ground. So anyway, guys, this episode today is going to be about pitching expectations and concerns. Um, I'm going to try to solely stick to pitching expectations and the concerns for this 2023 club. And, um, you know, I, am actually pretty optimistic about this rotation, um, if they can stay healthy, but anyway, let's, let's jump into one little thing briefly before I get into the actual pitching aspect of the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, like I said, be sure to follow me on Twitter. Um, and I've already seen the last episode. It had some decent numbers, some some people tuning in. I had a couple of people reach out to me, which was encouraging. Um, give it about a week or so. I'm going to start St. Louis Cardinals Twitter spaces, and we can all be interactive together. Um, we can talk about how we think the team's you know going to look this season and uh, different various topics like that. So be sure to follow me on Twitter. And you know I'm going to cover this team throughout the whole season best I can, and I want you guys to also chime in with me. And uh, help me, you know, help me on this podcast, whatever you want to hear. I'll be glad to uh, answer that. So anyway, this morning I was driving to a coffee shop and I was like, hey, I wonder what the FanDuel odds or DraftKings odds are on the St. Louis Cardinals to win the NL Central. And because I think we can all agree, we play in a weak division. The St. Louis Cardinals play in a weak division. And um you know, the NL Central is, it's not our fault that, you know, two teams for sure are in a rebuild, but the Chicago Cubs, are they really in a rebuild? We don't know. And what do the FanDuel odds tell us? Well, what they tell us is, I'm a big sports better, so I'm probably going to put a wager down on this. Um, 
please bet responsibly, of course. The Cardinals are minus 120 to win the NL Central. The Milwaukee Brewers are plus 160. The Chicago Cubs are plus 550. And the Reds and Pirates are plus 6,000 to win the NL Central. So what is what, what does that tell you? If you don't sports bet, well, I'll break it down to you as easily as I can. So the Cardinals are minus 120. So if you're trying to make a profit of $100, you have to bet $120 on the Cardinals to have a payout of $220, but you would be obviously pocketing um, $100. So anyway, you got to bet $120 to win $100. And if you bet $100 on the Brewers, you'd win $160. And of course, if you bet, if you have the, you know, if you, if you have the, you know what, it's big enough to bet. Uh, if you want to bet hundred dollars on the on the you know Reds or Pirates to win the NL Central, you're going to win six thousand dollars. So anyway, that's what the FanDuel odds are telling us. What's the win totals? Let's break that down a little further before we get into the pitching. The Cardinals are set at eighty-eight and a half wins. The Brewers are set at eighty-five and a half wins. The Reds sixty-five and a half wins. Pirates sixty-seven and a half wins, and the Cubs seventy-five and a half wins. So. This is really a two, let's call it a two and a half. Let's just say that a two and a half team division race to try to win NL Central. You know, the betting market's telling you it really is. And, you know, the Brewers, uh, I don't, I'm, next episode is probably going to be an NL Central um, preview. So I don't want to go off on the deep end here, but I am fascinated by the Brewers that made the move. They got William, William Contreras this offseason. Um, he's 22 years old. Uh, he hit 20 home runs last year and only 300 some at bats. So I'm fascinated by that. They still got a really good front half of the rotation. So with that being said, I do think it's only a two team division race between the Cardinals and the Brewers. So um, that's interesting. I like the odds. The Cardinals should win this division. I think they're good enough to win the division, and uh, I think it is a two team race. So thought that I'd throw out, thought I would throw that out there before we get any further. <clears throat> okay. So let's let's now move on to the St. Louis Cardinals pitching. And I think the biggest question for the St. Louis Cardinals team, and really the most important part of the team, is going to be how the starting pitcher perform. And really the bullpen for that matter. But you know, when you look at this rotation, you have a rotation, and we I don't want to sound like a broken record because we I talked about it a little bit on uh, what's today. Friday. I talked a little bit about it on Wednesday, but if these guys can stay healthy, I think they can be really good. And when you look at the structure of our bullpen, I think we have a really strong back end of the bullpen with guys like Giovanni Gallegos, we got Jordan Hicks, and then we obviously have Ryan Helsley. Between those three guys, if our starters can get us to through six innings, you give each of those guys the seventh, eighth, and ninth, even if you give us five strong innings, I think the Cardinals are going to be okay. Um, I do think the biggest need for this team is a left-handed bullpen arm, um, and I think I don't want this to be a hot take, but I think I w- we will see if the Cardinals need a left-handed arm that bad in the bullpen. I think on the tr- when the, when it, when the trade more near the trade deadline, I could see us getting rid of one of our outfielders um, for a left-handed arm, but I don't want to speculate on that. It's far ahead, but I thought about that today. So um, let's actually let's break down what fan graphs. I, if you guys don't pay attention to fan graphs, I think you should. It's probably my favorite um, baseball tool for anything you need. Anything. I mean, any stat, any ranking, any organizational ranking, ERA, whatever you want to look at. But they actually do this cool thing. They project the stats for um, the players in the 2023 season. So 
I want to take a look at this, and this is what our rotation looks like, okay? Um, I'm not going to put this in no particular order, but here's the stats. Let's start with Miles Michaelis. He is our ace heading into the season. His 2023 projections via fan graph, his overall ranking, and this is out of all the starting pitchers in the MLB, is 33rd, which is the best on the Cardinals via fan graphs. They project his ERA is going to be 3.93. They say he's going to start 31 games, which is they're going to have him about 187 innings pitched, 41 walks, and 140 strikeouts. That seems pretty accurate to me. Um, that's a good. That's a. That's how you want your walk total to be. 187 pitch, 41. You know he pounds his own, and that really, really works well for him. Uh, Jordan Montgomery. They have him. This is a high ranking. Uh, 41st overall out of the starting pitchers in the league. They project his ERA is going to be 3.53. Game start 31. Um, 172 innings pitched, 43 walks, and 151 Ks. Um, Adam Wainwright. This one shocked me. Really, this is shocked me right here. They had Adam Wainwright as a 52nd best pitcher overall. Now, I don't agree with that at all. They say he's going to have a 4.16 ERA, 28 game start, 165 innings pitched, 49 walks, 122 Ks. Steven Matz. Boy, oh boy, Steven Matz. He was dealing with some injuries last year. He had a, I believe, a family member passed away in the season. And, um, you know, I think he is going to have a big bounce back year. Um, and they project he's 142nd as an MLB starter, 3.73 ERA, 19 games started this year, 34 walks, 115 strikeouts. And coming in last, which is surprising to me, but it makes sense, and everybody has a right to feel this way, is Jack Flaherty. They have him as the 184th best overall pitcher heading into 2023. They project his ERA is going to be 3.81, 141 innings pitched, 49 walks and 138 strikeouts. So uh, I don't want to board you with stats in this podcast a lot, but I think that was really interesting. If you want to go see it yourself, take a look at it at fan graphs. Um, I don't want to leave Dakota Hudson out of this, but um, you know, people forget last year, D- Dakota Hudson was off a Tommy John year, right? Um, Tommy John surgery the year prior. And, you know, that's tough. That's tough for people don't realize it's that's a very, very serious surgery, obviously, for pitchers. So I think that um we're gonna see him pro- you know progress this year. And there's a lot of pressure on him. I would say there's not as much, but close to just amount as much of pressure on Dakota Hudson this season as it was um as Paul DeYoung, right? Um I think Paul DeYoung's more in his head than anything else. I don't think Dakota Hudson's in his head. I truly think Paul DeYoung's true in his head. And I think two months down the road, we can see him go back to that high leg kick. Um, I don't want to go off a tangent again, but I, I, I think they are really a lot of pressure on both these guys, but I think it's for different reasons. Um, and it's simple as this with, with Dakota Hudson. If he can't throw strikes, he is not going to survive in the MLB and certainly not in the St. Louis Cardinals rotation. And, me, I was a pitcher my whole life, and I think everybody online, when a pitcher's not throwing strikes, and me and my uh, roommate used to talk about this a lot. His name's Corey Peel. Shout out to Corey. He is a also he's a relief pitcher, and um, we used to talk about this all the time. If you're in a game and you're throwing balls, right, you can't find the zone, and we see Dakota Hudson has that problem a lot. But when you can't find the zone and everyone's chirping at you, throw strikes, throw strikes, or the coach yells out, out to you, find the zone, find the zone, kid, throw strikes. You know, 
it gets under my skin. What do you think he's trying to do? Now, there is an argument where maybe he's trying to, you know, hit the corner too much. But I do think it's just a it's a mechanical issue with Dakota Hudson. He he just he's never been able to find the zone with the Cardinals consistently for a long time. Now he he has, you know, had really good moments with the Cardinals. Don't get me wrong, and I I think he has value, but he has to throw strikes. And listen, when the kid's not throwing strikes one night and he's missing the zone, please do not go on social media and just say, "Bro, throw strikes." What do you think he's trying to do? He knows it. If we know it, I can assure you, he knows it. So. <laughs> Anyway, um, let's let's move on to the bullpen, Fangraphs rankings. Um, I'm not gonna go through it as fast, but here's our bullpen. This is what Fangraphs projects our opening day bullpen to look like. Uh, Ryan Helsley ranked 11th overall, which is the best for us. Giovanni Gallegos ranked 29th. Andre Palante says ranked 272. Keep in mind, there's a lot more bullpen arms, right? So 272 is not as bad as it sounds. Uh, and I think Andre Palante did everything the Cardinals asked for last year. He was phenomenal. And uh, he's he's going to really have a really good career. Uh, Jordan Hicks, they have him 152nd. Genesis Cabrera, 199. Really our best left-handed bullpen arm. And if he can't stay healthy or he is not performing, I mean, let's be, look at this. Hennessy Cabrera is our only left-handed pitcher out of the bullpen, out of eight or nine guys here, okay? The rest is Chris Stratton, right-hander, Dakota Hudson, right-hander, and Drew Verhagen, right-hander. That's a problem. That's a glaring problem. And especially with the DH being full-time, that is that's a big deal, man. So um, with this bullpen... That's why I didn't want to make it sound like a hot take, but you have to have a lefty. Like, what's going to happen? Think about this. What's going to happen? It's late September. Let's say we still have this bullpen. I think some things will change by then, but let's say it's late September and we're, we got a one-run lead and three lefties come up and we've already used Genesis Cabrera. You know, that's a big disadvantage for this club and it's a glaring issue and I do think that it doesn't take a genius to figure that out and I think Moe's going to have to to make a move on that. And I think he will. I think he will. Whether that move is is going to change the outlook of the 2023 club, I don't know. But it's something that has to has to be. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my, you know, concerns for this bullpen. I um, mean, excuse me, for this pitching staff overall. What's my expectations for them? Uh, I think that we have a very good, not great, good rotation and it's on the lower half good like it's not we it's not a it's not a new york mets rotation it's not a houston astros rotation it's not even uh milwaukee brewers rotation now they're back half the rotation is is you know besides corbin burns and these guys freddie peralta has to step up because after you know the first two guys the rotation is not great but listen man if if we can see jack flaherty back in his 2019 form we're gonna be good if, if we can get the Miles Michaelis that we had last year, we're going to be good. If we can get the Jordan Montgomery that we had in St. Louis last year, post-Harrison Bader trade, which is we need, to, we need to give Mo his – let's clap for him. That was a great trade. That was a great trade. And the Cardinals might not have won the division last year. Yeah, they won the division by seven games. But if they needed a pitcher last season um, to win that division – and, you know, we loved Harrison Bader. I was actually pretty heartbroken when we lost Harrison Bader and – 
But it was a it was a great move for the team. And Harrison Bader played good for the Yankees. That was a win-win trade. Jordan Montgomery, you know, he did his job, and I'm excited for him to uh, to to be in the rotation. And it sucks that he could not get a postseason start. Adam Wainwright didn't get to pick up a ball. We lost Jose Quintana. He did a great job. What a what another great move by Mo as far as pitching. Um, but this team, you know, the pitching's there. They just got to stay healthy and perform. Between Miles Michaelis, Jordan Montgomery, and Jack Flaherty, if those three guys are good, we're going to be okay. And then Adam Wainwright, I, I'm never going to doubt Adam Wainwright, okay? He struggled, you know, back into the last season. And then, you know, Steven Matz is house money. I mean, I know we're paying him a lot, but if, if those three guys can perform and Steven Matz can go back to his form he was with the Mets, come on now. We could be really, really special. So um, that's my expectations for this rotation. Um, I have high expectations for this rotation. Now, two or three, two or three of these guys get injured. Two or three of these guys get hurt. Two of these gr- three guys start performing badly. I mean, Houston, we got a problem. Uh, that was really cringe, but uh, we do, man. So uh, that's that's important. And we have some guys like Matthew Libertor and and some we have some Andre Pallanti. These these guys can step up and start games for us again. But that's not where we're at. These guys that we have right now that I mentioned, it's their time to step up. So anyway, I got some closing thoughts here. Um, once again, this is the Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast. I'm your host, Braxton Wheeler. Please be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at Brax, B-R-A-X-X-X 26 and follow this, I mean, excuse me, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite show, free and available everywhere. Um, and uh, I can't wait to continue this uh, throughout the season. So be sure to follow me. Closing thoughts. Um, look, the Cardinals last year, and I, I was pretty pretty positive in the most of this episode, but I'm going to be honest. It's a little bit. I got to be a little bit negative here because this is the reality of the situation. The Cardinals were not good at beating good teams the last couple of years. Okay, last year teams above 500, we were under 500 beating them. We beat up our division last year, and that's okay. The, people that. You can't discredit that. It's not our fault that the Cardinals are playing in a bad division. Okay. It's, you know, but the biggest problem I have with our front office is stop comparing. You know, they have to stop comparing us inside of our division because we are in a division that has two to three teams rebuilding. And, you know, we can't help that we're the beneficiaries of a bad division, but you cannot set the barometer for a good ball club to be just inside of your division. Um, and you know why? Because the postseason results have not shown that. Uh, I don't I don't think I wrote it down, but I can almost remember it off the top of my head. We haven't won a playoff game since, let me think, last year we, we, we got swept 2-0 against the Phillies. The year before that, 2021, we lost. That's right, we had a one-game playoff versus the Dodgers. We lost that. The year before that, 2020. 2021, 2020. Uh, yeah, we won one playoff game against the Padres, right? In the COVID season, we lost that series two to one. We have this, this team has won one playoff game in the last three years. That's not the Cardinal way, right? That's not the Cardinal way. That's a disappointment. I don't care if you win 93 games. I don't care if you win hundred games. That is depressing as Cardinals fans to win 93 games and you get swept at home last year at Bush stadium. That is not good. I don't, I don't get me started on the the, the three-game series. I cannot stand that. These guys play 162 games, and boom, they get a three-game series. There is no reason that the MLB playoffs should not at least start with the best out of five. Why does – think about the 
the NBA. I don't, I know we don't want to compare the two, but every series is a best out of seven, and they play less games. I don't know why the MLB just cannot switch the first round to a best out of five. What are we doing here? Even a best out of seven. So, anyway, that's not the point. The point is the Cardinals have not won a playoff. We've won one playoff game in the last three years, okay? Um, and uh, they haven't been to a World Series since 2013 when we lost to the Red Sox, and they haven't won a World Series since 2011. So, you know, it's time. I'm, I, I'm tired. I don't want to keep seeing the David Freeze hit. He's a legend, right? But all Cardinals fans to, can agree. Every year, it's like the same thing, same thing. We see that hit, and it's like, man. I mean, it's one. It is. I think it's in my lifetime. I'm 25 years old. It's the greatest hit I've ever seen in Cardinals history. It literally put me to like emotional tears. It was so great. But guys, I'm ready, and I know we're all ready to see this team you know, win a World Series again and at least win a playoff game three years without winning a playoff game is unacceptable for this franchise. So anyway, that's my closing thoughts. Um, we're going to have to address some of that in the trade dead, trade deadline if we need it. If it, But these guys, we have the lineup, especially Wolf Contreras. He's going to provide power. We have the pitching um, if they stay healthy. I think we got a good club. We still have some needs, but that's going to work its way out or work its, you know, thin its way through. So anyway, that's all I got. I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a fantastic weekend. Look, I will probably record another podcast maybe late this weekend. If not, definitely early next week. Probably we'll do an NL Central preview. Don't forget don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And this is the Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Goodbye, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.